0: Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Happy Happy New Year. It's great to be here. This is the greatest time to be alive in the planet, in the time of anything. Ever, ever, ever. Right now, the, the greatest time. And, and I'm excited about it. Right? Can you tell I'm real excited about it? <laughs> Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for being with us. We thank you for just how good and, and kind And loving you are to us. But we thank you that you're holy and true and just and righteous. And and in you we can have peace. And we can have peace that passes all understanding. You can be our peace that breaks down every wall. And so, Father, we thank you for this new year. We thank you for this new season. And we thank you that you're in it. And we give you the praise and the honor for it. In Jesus' mighty name. Holy Spirit, speak through me this morning in Your name. I pray, Amen. Amen. Cool. So I promise I'll be serious this morning. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are laughing, you guys? Um, <clears throat> I was praying and um, like I got all these things running through my mind, and the Holy Spirit's been putting all these different ideals in my heart, and and what um. I want to share. So I, I had like four different series. I was like, which one should I go? Which one should I do? What should I do here? And what should I do this? And and you know me and series, how they go, right? <laughs> so but I was like excited. I was like, this year is going to be different, right? I don't have a New Year's resolution, but, but I resolve this year I'm going to get through a series or two, okay? <laughs> and, and so by the power of the Holy Spirit, I've Right? And his grace and his goodness, right? So I have all these things like four things. What do I want to start? It's a new year, I'm gonna start it off. And so I'm all excited. I go to bed last night and I wake up this morning and the Holy Spirit says, I want you to talk about this. Time out. <laughs> Time out. Personal foul. You 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 mugged me, you invaded my space, right? You did not call this play, right? And so I was Kinda, a little bit. Like seriously, God. Like seriously. And then sometimes I think, we think, well, when when I'm, when God's downloading stuff, I'm always thinking, well, do I get to preach this or do I get to preach that? And sometimes I don't get to preach any of it. And I'm like, what is that about? And he's like, you needed it. And I was like, I needed it. What? What are you trying to say, Father? You know. And so a lot of times in our study and this is what i've had to learn uh, as a pastor is like like sometimes we study to preach and but i've learned that i study to live and then out of my living god gives me something to to preach and so so um, that that's how i want to live that's how i want to do everything but he don't always do it like i tell him and this morning's one of those things <laughs> so so i'm going to start in psalms I'm going to go to Psalms 2, and I'm going to go to Psalms 2 because it's called a royal psalm. But I'm going to start out in in Psalms chapter 1, just because I can. It says this. Psalms chapter 1, 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. Now watch this. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, why are you blessed if you don't walk in the counsel of the wicked? Like in Texas, you need a clue. <laughs> right? And so, so um, what he's saying right off the bat where he starts, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or of sinners or mockers. Why, why are you blessed? Because you're not taking your counsel from stupid people. Right? right? From, from people who don't got a clue, right? I was talking earlier, it's like, like, if I need help shoeing a horse, I don't go to the car salesman at the new car lot, right? And say, hey, how, how do I put this shoe on and how should I adjust it? And he'll look at me like, what are you, why are you talking to me? Why don't you go to another horseshoeer, <laughs> Right? And that's what he's saying. So much of the time, we can go to the world and we can go to, to other, other sources before we even go to God. And get his opinion and get what he's saying about things. And I hear so much stuff going on. And so many people taking counsel and believing reports. There's a scripture in in Isaiah that says, whose report do you believe? And then he answers and he says, I believe the report of the the Lord, right? He's like, I know that that our friends and our family and the world and and politicians and, and the news and all this stuff have their reports. I know the doctors have their reports, but whose report are you going to believe? Is what he's saying. Whose counsel are you going to seek? Who are you going to ask about their opinion? Are you going to. Like, I have some good friends that that are great friends and I love them, but they're dumber than a box of rocks on some things. (laughs) Right? I don't ask them for counsel. Are you kidding me on certain things? Because I know they don't have a clue, right? And so what he's saying, blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of stupid people, <laughs> right? Of people who don't have the answers, right? Why? Because I'll tell you in a second, right? But it, Just to dwell on that is like, I'm not taking my counsel from anybody who's not an expert. And I found that God's an expert at everything. Amen. He's the God that's created the universe. He knows stuff about the universe. That nobody else knows on earth. Isn't that incredible? And and science keeps trying to disprove God. Like I was listening to this doctor, and he studies the mind and the neurological system and all this, and he's like, I'm gonna prove that that, that God doesn't it exist and that we think with our mind and we do all this stuff. And so the more he studied it, the more confused he got. Because he came to the point point, he goes, like he goes, like, there's We have our mind, but it's like a processing center. But the more I studied, I realized there's something that's divine inside each and every one of us. And he goes, I don't know what it is, and I don't know who it is, but I know there's something divine about us. He goes, and science proves it. And like this dude was out to prove that God didn't exist. And do you know what he actually proved? That God does exist. He proved that we are a spirit, that we have a soul, and we live in a body, that we're spirit Right? The Bible says that those who come to God worship him in spirit and in truth. If we weren't spirit, how could we talk to him? God wants to talk, He speaks to our spirit, He speaks to our our heart. Right? Does that make sense? We talk about our brains like one of the most fabulous things on the planet, right? And you guys just thought I was pretty. Right, but it's a great machine, but it's really just a processing center. We have a spirit and we have a mind, and, and so what really, really um, intrigued me about what he was talking about was because um, when he's talking about the mind, it made me thinking. You know, I hear of people who have passed away, right, and then they're brain dead, right, but then they come back to life, and they're they they like we're talking to to God. Right when when their brain like like I know a guy who actually literally died on the operating table, floated above his body. They called him dead, and I know one of the nurses that was in the in the room when this happened, and he saw Jesus. And he was all upset at God anyway because he didn't think God was doing right by him in his life, and 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 he's like, I ain't done with you. You're going to go back, and he went back into his body, and God literally healed him right then. But he could think and he could talk. Well, if his brain's dead and his heart's beating. How can he still think? Right? So it made me think, we're not a body, right? The world lives like we're just, like, disposable, right? But when when you're done, you're done. But you're not. We have a hope. And so, and then we take we take counsel with, with these people who don't even realize and don't understand who we really are. And, and it's really sad, right? But it says, I like it when it says but in the Bible. Right? Thank, thank God for but in the Bible. Now I was a kid, I couldn't say that word. I'd have gotten in trouble. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditate, meditates, meditates. When you meditate, you're not just medicating, right? It's more than being medicated. When you're meditating, you're, you're coming to life, right? And so one of the things that I like to do when I come to a scripture is like, like, there's a scripture that says, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So I take that scripture and I'm like... Like, like you can go, go like, scan it. Like, you can read. Like, when you study the Bible, you can read, read for for breadth. Or you can go in and study for depth. But when you're meditating, you can go in deep. And so you can just study. And so what I do is I just lock everything out. And I just say, it, say I'm a new creation. I just start there. Maybe I start with I'm. I am. Right? He is. He's, he's a great I am. And in him, I am. It, ge- it gives us a, uh, an identity. Right? It tells who we really are. I am. It's a, it's a promise coming. He's telling me who I really am. He's unlocking something, and re- uh, revealing something to me. I am a new creation. Wait, I'm a new creation? Wait, hold on. That's not what, what the science books tell me. That's not what the news tells me, right? Sometimes sometimes our spouses don't even tell us that. They're like, you're just getting old and cranky, and you got bad breath. <laughs> and you know what? I used to think that was bad when, when my wife, hey, you got bad breath. I used to think, that's mean. She's like, no, it's not. I'm blessing you so you can fix it, and other people don't have to smell that. <laughs> and I was like... Oh, yeah! Right? But I'm a new creation, so I meditate on it. I am. I am. And then I start, Father, I'm a new creation. And then I can talk to Him about it. And then I meditate on it. So, meditating literally means to become familiar with. And so it's kind of like you're, you're just going over, and you get so familiar with what God's saying. And so that's what He's talking about. I delight in the law of the Lord, in the word of the Lord, right? I delight in what you have to say. And I'm not taking counsel with with CNN or with Fox News or any other news channel for that matter. If people are like one way or the other, I don't care. They all stink when it comes to what God says. You hear what I'm saying? So I'm not taking counsel with that. I'm not taking counsel with what my neighbor says or this... I'm taking your word first because your word is a light into my path and a lamp into my feet. And I know that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And when I step in that and I have my light, my my path lit up by your word and by what you're saying, then life starts to come in me. And as I become more familiar with what he's saying, wait, the Bible says that I'm the righteousness. Well, I'm Righteous. Wait a second. I'm I'm holy? How did that happen? Like didn't you watch me last night, God? Didn't you, didn't you see what I said to 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 the person I was driving behind? Right? I I'm not Wait a second, but I'm not righteous because of what I do. I'm righteous because of what he done. In righteousness isn't just what I do. Righteousness is who I am now. It's my identity. And when it becomes my identity, then that fruit starts flowing out of my life. Does that make sense? So, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness. Like, I used to hear sermons on how how to make the fruit of the Spirit in your life. This is what you do to make it happen. And I would try. Like... Sweet Jesus, I would try so hard. And I could never do that, right? Because there are just some people you just can't love, you know? And before, I was running from God, man. But I was so mean and nasty, and I hated the world. I tucked my hat down like this when I was going through school for, or in, in the horse program, and I didn't want nothing to do with people. Horse is cool. You know, people, not so much. Right? Horses were real, right? They Most of them. Every once in a while, you get one that will lie to you, but pretty much most of the time, they're, they're going to let you know what they're thinking, and they're honest, right? That's what I love about horses. People, not so much. And I've been so hurt, and I was running from God, and I was so angry, and so I pulled my hat down like this and walked around school. And... um walk around wherever when I walked around because I was so miserable. And then Jesus, I gave my heart back to Jesus. And the moment I did, something changed inside me. See, I went from death to life. It wasn't from from evil to good. It was from death, from life. See, I wasn't going to hell. I was in hell. Right? Because hell, the worst part of hell people think is the fire and the torture. The worst part of hell is you're separated from God. I mean, how much more hell can you get? And then so many people are going through hell right now, and they're like, when you don't have God, you have no hope. It's all dependent on you and what you do and what you can do or what someone else can do for you. But it's not dependent on that. I have promises and I have a God who does this and who is in me and does that. But even worse than that is you don't have the relationship that you have. So, like, that's one thing. Like, I never want to preach fire insurance. Right? Because I'm like, I don't think people are going to hell. I think people are in hell. You're either in, living in a death or you're living in life. And I choose life and life more abundantly. It's not about good and evil. It's about life and death. When I changed, something changed inside me. I went from like this to like this. My eyes were open. What happened? The fruit of the Spirit started coming out of me, not because I developed it, but because the Holy Spirit lit me up, and I was on fire for Jesus, right? And so I went around. like One day I was like this. The next day I'm like, Hey, how you doing? And they're like, you want to freak people out? Like for three months, I probably freaked people out, right? Because they're like, "Whoa, what happened to you? What's going on?" And then one guy's like, "I don't know what you got, but can I have some?" And I was like, "Sure." And he goes, "Where do you buy it?" Because like he probably thought I was on drugs or something, right? Because there was such a change, right? And so I, one young man, his name's Tom, and. Tom come to me and um, and he had, was in the horse program with me and I was in my truck. I had a cool truck, man. It was it was a 1989 Chevy S10 Centennial Edition and it was sweet, man. Had a Hurst shifter in it and oh man, but I was sitting in my in my little truck and and Tom started talking. Goes, hey, he goes. Whatever you got, I want some of it. And I was like, "Well, it's Jesus." And he goes, "Jesus? I thought you were on drugs." <laughs> I was like, "Why would you think I was on drugs?" And he goes, "I don't. I don't get what's the big change. Like you went from like nothing to like you're happy all the time and excited." And he goes, "Like I'm miserable. Help me." And I was like, "I can. It's Jesus." And he's like, "Man, I hope." hoping you wouldn't say that and i was like why is that he's like because i can't do jesus i was like well why can't you and he's like uh, he's like well i've done something too bad jesus would never accept me and i was like i don't care if you've killed ten thousand people right jesus will still forgive you right he looked at me He goes james he goes if it's that easy i'd do it he goes but it was way worse And there's moments in your life where you have to pause. And you have to say, should I continue? Or should I run? Right? But for the love of my truck, I stuck around, right? So I didn't run. I said, you know something, Tom? I don't care what you've done. Um, Jesus still loves you. I was like, what did you do? (laughs) He said, I used to be a Satan worshiper. I was like, "Are you doing it now?" He goes, "No." He goes, "There's no nothing to it." He's he's like, "It was evil, and I didn't want no part of it." But he's like, "I don't think God had ever taken me back now." And I was like, "That's it." I was like relieved in some way. He's like, "That's all." He's like, "Well, Jesus, all you got to do is give him your your heart, ask him to come into your life." And he's like, "I can't do it." And and I, and, um, I said, "Okay, well, we'll pray." Can I pray for him? He goes, "Yeah." And so I prayed for him. And um, the next morning, he gets up and he goes to his job. He had to work a part-time job like most of us do. We're going through school, right? And um, so he's on his way. He has a flat tire, has to walk to work, gets to work, and gets fired. Then he finally gets his tire fixed, comes back to school, and we're doing uh, in the equine program. At this point in our in our schooling, we had to ride a horse with an English saddle. No pants, none of the silly looking sissy stuff. No offense if you write English, but I'm not wearing the pants. I can write English, but I don't wear the pants. Right? So, and no one wants to see that anyway. I promise you. Right? But one of the things in in school was we had to get on this horse and we had to do it without a cinch in an English saddle. And then we had to walk, trot, and lope to pass. Without a scent. Now you're thinking, oh, how hard can that be? Have you tried to get on an English saddle with a scent? It's hard. So we had to learn. And so we got on, and, and I got on, and I'm riding around, and I'm doing okay. I look over at Tom, and, like, he couldn't even get on his horse. And finally, and he's a good hand. And pretty soon he's up on his horse, starts walking, and pretty soon the saddle starts going up the horse's neck. He starts trotting and pretty soon the horse starts going up, the, the saddle starts going up the horse's neck. Then he starts loping and the saddle and him both go over the horse's head, right? And he's laying on the ground and our instructor, he was hard, like he had this cattle prod. And if you didn't do things right, he'd come over and hit the ground like it and spook your horse. And so you learned to ride, but you learned you did not want to mess with him. And he would yell so loud, like you could hear him up at the classrooms from the arena, Right. And it was an indoor arena, right? So he's going after Tom, yelling and screaming and just humiliated him. I was like, what is wrong with him? And so I went back to, I had a little apartment off of, off of campus, and it's about 1130 at night, and I hear this knock on the door, and I was kind of mad because, like, I wanted to just go to sleep, you know. I was asleep. So I go to the door, and it's Tom, and he's sitting there, and he's crying. Like, what's the matter with you? And he's like, Well, when you were praying, I told God, I was like, if you're real, just just make me miserable. And I was like, Well, that's stupid. <laughs> right? I was like, so what are you doing now? And he's like, I want to give my heart to Jesus. And so he gave his heart to Jesus. And today he's actually a pastor, believe it or not. Not even in the horse in the horse world. But it was crazy how god works right but it, it all comes not from not from the outside correct and something man it comes from inside out right it does, a lot of things can come from the outside because what we think about drops down into it gets in our mind is in our mind and then it drops down into our heart and then our heart acts out But when we get the Word of God and we get Jesus, like we've got got the Word living inside us. I mean, that's cheating. Right? That's cheating. So that gives us hope and that gives us something greater. And now when we're meditating on the Word, we're meditating on His promises and then we're meditating on His precepts. Well, how do I walk in your precepts? Only through the power and the of the Holy Spirit and by the grace of God do we walk in His ways. It's a gift. It's not something that, oh, well, we're holier than everyone else. It's not me that makes me holy. It's the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus' finished work. It's the gift that our Father gave us in Jesus that makes me holy and righteous and and pure. And when I walk in that, now guess what? Now people get to see you get to see the real me who God created me to be. Because like, I am a new creation. Like, I don't care what you've done or where you've been or, or what you're going through. He says, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. So old things have passed away. Maybe you're out there and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're like, man, I, you were right about hell because I'm in hell. I'm telling you, heaven's just one prayer away. And He will come and He will change your life. He's not trying to give you religion, run from religion. He's trying to give you life and life more abundantly. Just submit to Him. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I give you the care and control of my life. Forgive me of my sins. I'm yours. And watch. He'll plug you into a great place if you're even in a different state. Maybe you're in Texas or, or Oklahoma or Sweden or Costa Rica or Australia. I don't know where you're at, but I'm telling you. God's right where you are. Mm-hmm. Let us know too. If you said that prayer, we'd love to be praying with you. Whew. But it's about meditating on Him. Well, that went good. I'm right on, right in where I wanted to be, right? <laughs> We're three, three scriptures in. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Day and night, day and you, ever, you always are thinking about something. Sometimes I try to shut my brain off and it don't work, right? And then I started drinking coffee because I can't have pop no more, right? And then I have to put like either Stevia or some other fake sweetener in it. And they even have creamer that's not real milk. So it's not dairy and it's sugar-free. But I've been getting this holiday blend and it was a light roast. And so I started drinking that at night before I go to bed. But then we went to the store. And we got a dark roast. And man, I had some of that stuff. <laughs> and it was like two in the morning I'm sitting there. Like my body was just like... <sighs> and I was like, what's going on? And Linda's like the dark roast has more punch to it, dork. And I was like, <laughs> how can that be? I don't get that, right? But anyway, my mind's just racing, and I'm stimulated. And then when your mind goes like this, you know what, you're starting to think about all kinds of different things, right? Well, what if this happens, and that happens, and that happens, and, that? and then your mind just like, tch, tch, tch. and I'm like not a speed guy, right? But it was like speeding me up in my thought and just like, Woo, 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 and then finally I just had to say, "Wait a second, stop!" And I had to come to myself. And so I was like, "What, self? What? What do I do to get to sleep?" So I went and took a Benadryl. <laughs> <laughs> but in the process, I take it after I took the Benadryl because it like knocks me out. I was like, "What can I do?" And anyway, I got to sleep. But in the process of that, I had to just like slow down and go. Wait a second. I'm allowing my flesh and, and my body and, and and my to affect my thinking. So I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna to come to myself and 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 just focus all these thoughts that are going through my head, like the good and the bad, right? I wanna focus on what God's thinking. What what are you thinking? What are you saying? Where are you at? And then I can meditate on that again. And, and what we're really doing is we're, we're a spirit, right? And so, so as a spirit, this is our, this is a tool for us, this body, right? We're closed for the Holy Spirit. This is a tool for us. So he says those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, mm-hmm. Right? So I, I want to live out of my spirit, my flesh. When we talk about the flesh, your flesh wants to do that, right? But you are a spirit. You can tell your flesh, guess what? We're not, we're not stopping here. We're going to keep going another mile, right? And pretty soon you'll hit that wall and you'll be like screaming, oh, I can't run another step. And the next thing you know, you're going another two miles. Why? Because you broke through that barrier, Right? You, your flesh has had to submit and keep moving. And you can go farther and do more than you think. And that's how, how guys do that. And it's not woo-woo or anything like that. It's just they realize, you know what? This is my tool body. You are going to line up and do what I tell you to do. And that's weird. They're like, Pastor, you're weird. That's <laughs> true. I am weird. Right? But the point is, is we're a spirit. We We have a soul, we have a mind, and we live in a body. And we don't allow um, our emotions and feelings to dictate above what the Word of God says. Not that feelings and emotions aren't important, right? We meditate. We take delight. And then it says, He is like a tree planted by streams of living water. Like, I grew up in western Oklahoma. You guys, where you guys are in Kansas too, growing up, you guys know what I'm talking about. There's not a lot of water there, right? In fact, my grandpa used to tell me some of his family had had a um, ranch up in southwestern Kansas. And do you know what they burned for firewood? Cow chips, buffalo chips. I'm like, well, that's stupid. Why didn't they just go get get some mesquite or something like that? And he's like, there was no trees, right? So, that, so, so that's what they had to burn, right? So, but where there was a few trees here or there, like if there wasn't water to it, guess what happened? It wouldn't thrive. It wouldn't grow. But when it's planted by the water, what happens? And you ever walk across, like, or see a picture of those oasises in the desert? And, like, it's all desert, nothing. And then you see these trees, and they're planted by the oasis and the water, and they're thriving, and it's beautiful. Why? Because it's the water that's bringing life. And, and that's what Jesus does to us, and that's what His Word does to us. And that's why it says He is like a tree planted by streams of, of water. It's actually living water, is what we're planted by, which yields fruit in season. That's good news, right? Because I, I want to yield fruit in season, right? And so, also, here's another thing a, a key when we're thinking about fruit that the Holy Spirit produces is like, I don't walk up to an apple tree and expect to get oranges, pears, nuts. <laughs> Do you know why? Because a tree will produce what it is. Hear what I'm saying? So, so if if I if I don't if I'm not in Christ and I don't have Jesus, and you're expecting me to produce on my own something that I'm not, it ain't ever going to happen. And then we get mad at people, and it's not their fault, right? But when we realize who our identity is, you know what? I'm a I'm a love tree. I'm a peace tree. I'm a goodness tree. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives inside me. Then guess what? People can start picking that fruit off of me. And, and they can start eating of it too. Right? And so now I'm producing fruit in season. Well, when? what's in season? It's when you need it. Right? Someone might need some love and encouragement. Guess what? I have the Holy Spirit. I ha- have love himself. Jesus lives inside me. And his presence will come out and he will love you right where you, you're at. I need encouragement. Well, that's good because I have encouragement. And he lives inside me. His name is Jesus. And so then you can meet needs and help other people. Or maybe you need to encourage yourself. Anybody ever been there? David was, right? Is it at Ziglag. Lost everything. Like they took his wives and, and his kids and they took everybody's stuff. And his men are so mad at him they're going to kill him. But It says, so David went and and ran off to Jamaica. (laughs) No. The Bible says says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And so we can have that encouragement in the Lord. And so then he asked the Lord for counsel. He says, says, okay, what do I do? And he said, go get the ephod. And he said, I'll tell you. And, And so David went and... And he sought God and he sought his counsel. Because his men were telling him all kinds of things, right? They were just this far from stoning him and killing him, right? And, And he got a word from God and God said, Pursue, for you will without fail overtake them and recover all. And you know what they did? They recovered all, right? But David encouraged himself in the Lord. And, and you know, as he's sitting there, I always think of David, and I'm thinking, he's probably sitting there, because he had some battles before that, right? He's, he had to fight the lions and the bears, and like, like I don't know how much his dad liked him, because like when Samuel came to anoint the king, king from his family, he didn't even believe that David had enough stuff in him that he could be anointed as a king. He didn't even invite him to the party, right? He didn't believe in him that much, so that... When you look at that in some ways, I wonder if that had to affect David in some ways. Because he had, like, like he had to understand that a little bit, right? And then he's out here and he, he's taking care of the sheep and he's fighting off lions and fighting off bears and, and nobody believed in him, right? His dad didn't even believe in him. So Samuel comes to anoint him and he says, Not Superman. Right? Aquaman won't do either. Right? Even the brainiac there, you ain't going to. do. I don't need you either. I need someone with that has a heart for me and who will trust me. You know, he's like, do you have any other sons? Because these boys ain't going to cut it. He says, well, I got one more, but it can't be him. That's what it was. Because God does not look on the outside, but he looks on the heart, right? And so here's David. He went through that, and God picked him out. And he's like, you know what? I fought the lion and the bear. and the, You know, then Samuel anointed me as king, right? Like, I shouldn't have even been to that party. I shouldn't have even been considered, but God sought me out. Wait, a, You know what? We killed not just the lion and the bear, but I stood in front of Goliath. Right, and then I'm a great warrior look look at what I've done through God, and all of a sudden he's encouraging himself and and he's remembering the Bible says that we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Sometimes we got to encourage ourselves. you know what? I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the grace and the goodness of God, like I wouldn't even be breathing, and when I look back on where I've been and what I've been through, I don't be like sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that, but there's other things where I'm like. Thank God you got me through that. Not only did you get me through it, now I can talk with people who are going through stuff that I never would have given me another second before because I wouldn't have understood. So that's how God is, right? David encouraged himself because he had something greater in him. He, he meditated on what God was saying and encouraged himself in the Lord. And he was like a tree planted by the streams of water. Not that bad things never happen to us, but when they do, we overcome them because we have the overcomer living inside of us. And that's the difference. And it yields its fruit in season. What does season mean? It means when you need it. Right? It's like when you need it. Right? And whose leaf does not wither. And whatever he does prospers. Isn't that good news? Well, Jesus even said it greater. The scriptures even said it greater. If God be for us, who can be against us? Then he said, in some things God works. No? In a few things? In most things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And then he goes on and talks about for who he foreknew and all that. He knew you before you were born. He loves you so much. He's got a heart for you. He wants to do something great in your life that you never dreamed. It will just trust him and say, Father, I trust you. And even though sometimes bad things happen to us, God says, I'm going to make it for your good and you will prosper inside of that. It doesn't matter who's doing what, who's running the economy, who's doing this or do, doing that. Isaac, he planted wells, right? And they would take him over, right? And guess what? As they had take him over, he's like, okay, you can just have that because I know wherever I drill, God's going to bless me. And you know what? God blessed him and blessed him and blessed him, Right? he sowed in the time of famine and everybody else was starving but God blessed him a hundredfold cuz we don't live in, in we're not of this world our promises and our hopes are not of this world and not determined by this world now we want to use our voices to help people in this world and to take our stand we are we are America anyway you know it's different than a, than other things. But at the same time, no matter what's going on, we can be blessed and be prospered because of greater is He that's in us. And because of all things work for our good. And we can trust Him, right? See, in Psalms 2 1 says, Why did the nations conspire and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against His anointed one. Let us break their chains, they say, and throw off their feathers, feathers, fetters, something like that. <laughs> fetters, the tongue What happened was when King David, and David wrote this, is confirmed in in Acts chapter four. Actually, after um, Peter and John got thrown in jail, right, because they healed a crippled man. They're talking to the Sanhedrin, and then he goes on a sermon, but but he he talks about. Um, how um, King David wrote this um, scripture where he says, I've installed my king on Zion. Anyway, that's just extra. It's free today. (laughs) Right? So here, as David had this kingdom and Solomon had this kingdom, there was people like it. God gave them most of the land that they, they had promised to Abraham, but not all of the land. Like there was kingdoms in this. There was different places in the land that they had taken over. And so some of these guys are like, we don't want to serve God. We we don't want to worship God. And David's like, you know what? We worship God. This is what we're going to do. And so they're like, we want those fetters off of us. Because they thought they were fetters and chains. They didn't realize they were blessings. And so they're like, we're going to take over and take this and do this and do that. And the Bible says this. The enthroned one in heaven laughs the Lord scoffs at them. He's like, oh, look. You think you're going to do this and do that? Watch what, I, watch what I'm going to do. And then he rebukes them, it says. And then it says this. He's, it says he rebukes them in anger and terrifies them with his wrath, wrath. And he says this. I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. And that's where we want to proclaim when we're seeing, seeing the decree of the Lord is God's word. But he's saying, I've installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. Now, this is prophetic, too, because who's it talking about? It's talking about Jesus, right? And also talking about Mount Zion, right? Which is like you have Mount Sinai, and then you have Mount Zion. Mount Sinai, when the the law came down, 3,000 people died, right? Mount Zion, when Jesus gave his life, and then they waited, right? In one accord in the one little car, (laughs) right? Shavuot or pentecost what happened the holy spirit come down and three thousand people were saved. it's like i've been thrown my king and i've installed him in grace and in peace and in love and if you'll just reach out to him if you'll just touch just if you can only touch the hem of his garment you get healed if he just says a word you get healed because he's the king of kings and the Lord of Lords, He's a king of peace, He's a king of righteousness, He's a king of hope. He's the king of everything that you need and ever will need. And so if we just trust him, we know all's going to be well, right? So Father, we thank you, we praise you and we give you the glory. Bless us this week in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.solverlakebaptist.org.